American guys, we'll always stand up and salute. We'll always recognize when we see old glory flying. There's a lot of men dead, so we can sleep in peace at night when we lay down our heads. My daddy served in the army. We lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out in our yard. Till the day that he died, he wanted my mother, my brother, my sister, and me to grow up and live happy in the land of the free. Now this nation that I love is falling under attack. A mighty sucker punch came flying in from somewhere in the back. Soon as we could see clearly through our big black eye, man, we lit up your world like the Fourth of July. Welcome to the Rudy Giuliani Show today. That is uh, in memoriam for somebody who became a a friend, Toby Keith, a a great American. And I'm going to cover him more during the mayor's final thoughts here at the end of the show, along with another great American, Molly Weinstein, who both have passed in the last uh, 36 hours. And, uh, you know, I got to know Toby uh, throughout my time in the White House and then afterwards on the campaign trail. And uh, there are few people that have had such incredible talent in life like he has that thought every day about giving back and what he could do for those Americans who made the ultimate sacrifice, who served in our our military. Uh, He made more USO trips uh, into war zones. And some of the stories he has is is truly amazing. So uh, we miss you, Toby. We know you're in a better place and we know you're doing well. And again, I'll cover it more at the end of the show here great Toby Keith last night, yesterday, passed away at the young age of 62 years old. Um, let's get back to Joe Biden over here. <laughs> I mean, this is a guy who does not even know that Israel is fighting Hamas. I know my father covered this yesterday, this clip, but to me, it's it's so telling of exactly where this administration specifically is with Every problem that we're having in the country and in the world, you had leadership like Donald Trump that had no problem calling out his enemies. Uh, And if you look right now at the southern border and the way that the media, along with the Biden administration in cahoots, is trying to rebrand this as a Republican problem, as an issue that the Republicans do not want to fix. I've seen the senator from Connecticut, Murphy, talk about this. You see this with a bunch of the Democratic pundits on the CNNs and on the MSNBCs who were saying that that Trump wants a chaotic border because he thinks it's better for him come Election Day. Well, I got to tell you, with inside knowledge of this, having talked to the president time and time again over the last year about this issue specifically, he doesn't think he needs any more help from the Biden administration on this because it has been such a complete disaster for the first three years. And unlike Joe Biden, Donald Trump understands that the American people are a lot smarter 
than a media just repeating a fallacy to them like Republicans don't want the border secure. Just look at where it was in 2020 and look at where it is right now. Guess what? In 2019, in New York City, we didn't have migrant centers popping all up in Floyd Bennett Field at the Roosevelt Hotel at Creedmoor. We didn't have guardian angels getting in fights on national television with migrants. By the way, Curtis will join me in about 20 minutes here at the second break. We'll talk a little bit about what that was like yesterday on live television while the guardian angels uh, were confronted uh, by a migrant. And we'll talk also about a couple of these new polls uh, that, A, have Trump looking in a very good position, but... You know, when you talk about candidate polls, all this stuff can move around and change in a week or two, depending on what the issues are. I think these are a little bit more uh, solid because Americans see what these issues are. They see it's the border. They do see it's the economy, right? These are going to be the main issues that people come out and vote on. But there's more of a longer-term poll that Gallup just did than was released today that showed Democrats losing ground with both African-American and Hispanic American voters across the country. And these are very, very significant numbers. And if you break down the seven or eight states that the 2024 election is going to come down to, you're going to have a lot of black Americans and a lot of Hispanic Americans deciding who the 47th president of the United States are in places like Pennsylvania, in Michigan, in Wisconsin, certainly in Arizona. So this is something that I think is really worth looking into because I think this is uh, the generational crack, will I say, on kind of what the left has had on African-Americans and Hispanic-Americans. I think they're seeing through a lot of the lies, frankly, that has been told. So we'll get into that poll right there. And then I also want your your calls here. Call in 1-800-848-848. 9222. That's 848-9222. We'll get to a couple of calls here later in the show. And we'll talk a little bit about the uh, what I've been calling the Dr. Seuss race. Mozzie versus Swazi. Because it rhymes. That's all. That's the only reason why I call it that. I don't think Dr. Seuss, God rest his soul, has uh, you know any interest in this race in particular. But it rhymes. So uh, And it's going to be the only thing that people are talking about. Once the Super Bowl wraps up come Sunday for the next 48 hours, it'll be the absolute top story all across the world, or certainly all across the country, and no doubt in the tri-state area. But back to Biden's border disaster. You know, Biden and the media, ever since they've tried to push this Senate compromise bill, which, by the way, is loaded with pork in there, just think about this. You have a bill that is saying it's a Senate compromise border bill and less than 20 percent of the money is actually going to the southern border to cbp and to building a wall and to border enforcement yet the media is trying to tag this as republicans want to tank this potential bill well the truth is this is not the main focus of this bill you know the majority of the money in this mill 60 billion of the 122 billion ends up going to Ukraine funding, whereas only about 21 or $22 billion of the 120-plus billion dollars ends up going to CBP and to the border. On top of that, 
the numbers that they end up having in terms of what it would take for mandatory shutdowns, 5,000 a day on average over a week, that's way too high. That number's got to be much, much closer to zero. And now Biden recently has been saying, well, you know, uh, I can't shut the border down on my own. I can't do that. I need Congress to be able to act. Let me just remind you guys, Biden didn't need Congress for vaccine mandates for a lot of the stuff that he ended up doing over the first three years. If he didn't like what Congress said on something, he would go by executive fiat and try to enforce it. And he would utilize his agencies, the executive branch, in order to do that. But because he is conflicted on this, because he does not want to piss off the people on the far left, the socialists that really do want open borders. And by the way, if you look at Joe Biden's campaign in 2020, he advocated for open borders. He absolutely advocated for loosening amnesty laws. So the fact that Joe Biden is looking at this and, and, you know, I love how the left likes to say, well, you know, he is he is the sane mind in the room. Uh, Maybe he is. Maybe actually Joe Biden being, you know, nearly senile is actually one of the sanest minds in a room with AOC and Tlaib and some of these other actors. But don't tell me that Joe Biden actually looks at anything that Congress does and says, I need to abide by this. Or even the Supreme Court, to that matter, right? You can just go and look at uh, at college debt, right? They're trying to still push this through, even though the Supreme Court ruled it unconstitutional. And if you want precedence, if you want to look at exactly how it's done, I know people have been saying Title 42. That's the wrong one to actually cite right here, because that had to do with a health emergency. You could probably figure out a way to say there's a potential health emergency with all of this when you have this many illegal immigrants coming in at the same time. But I would look at Trump's remain in Mexico policy, which he ultimately put in with Mexico in 2019. So anybody who was seeking amnesty in the United States of America had to remain in Mexico. And Trump worked out a unilateral deal with Mexico on this. And he basically said, hey, look, there are going to be trade consequences if you don't do this. Right? He looked at the auto industry and he said, you don't do this, there are going to be real tariffs coming in. And it took, if I remember, it was pretty quick, a few days it felt like, before they were actually even able to figure that standoff out. And you got to remember, this Mexico president didn't come in loving Trump. If anything, he was kind of more on the socialist side. But he realized that, hey, Trump wasn't kidding on all this. Trump means this, and this is going to potentially tank our economy. And what that ended up doing, mind you, was it didn't just relieve a lot of the stress on America's southern border, but it actually put the stress down onto Mexico's southern border because what Mexico realized was we just can't be allowing people to just flow through our country here because we are going to end up getting stuck with these illegal migrants in Mexico. So because of that, you had... Far less people flow through Mexico. And from a humanitarian standpoint, remember, think about how daunting that journey is up through Central America and through Mexico and how many people pass away and how many children, how many children are trafficked to come through South America to Mexico. That's the humanitarian thing here. I know that the left tries to paint Republicans and conservatives as the one that don't have a humanitarian bone in their body because they don't want 
illegal migrants in their cities. But think about how many American lives have been lost because of fentanyl. Think about how much tougher it is for fentanyl to travel through if you actually have control over your southern border. Think about if you actually put in a policy like remain in Mexico, where Mexico actually has a stake in making sure that these illegal migrants aren't traveling through Mexico. Think about how many children's lives you can save from human trafficking. That's actually the humanitarian cause and effect of this. And sadly, that's the humanitarian cause of Joe Biden and a complete open border. It's exactly why when people on the left, Joe Biden included, and the administration lie to you and tell you that Republicans don't want to solve this problem. Remember, this problem was solved under Donald Trump. And Joe Biden, he has no clue what he is doing. Don't let the lefties in the media tell you different. He has no clue what he is doing on the southern border. Donald Trump does. And honestly, he'd fix this thing in about three months as soon as he got. By the time we ended up getting to 4th of July 2025, I can tell you the southern border would be 90% solved at that point. You'd have issues in terms of, you know, deporting those illegal migrants that are in here, but the southern border would be solved. Okay, when we come back, Curtis Lee, because he doesn't have enough airtime here, and we now have some more Curtis Lee, but he is like trending right now, man. I mean, you know, I know Curtis Lee likes to think of him as the cool guy here on radio in New York, but he's trending all over the world and all over the country. Curtis is a global superstar right now. Can you believe that? And my daughter Grace actually made him uh, made him a little pigeon, as a matter of fact. She went to clay class the other day, and she made him uh, a pigeon. So I've got to make sure that Curtis gets this pigeon live on air. It's also for John, too, because we know John Katsimatidis actually does feed these pigeons as well. So Curtis Sliwa coming up, the global superstar, the man who took on illegal migrants at Times Square, coming right up on the Rudy Giuliani Show. Rudy Giuliani. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. 
depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Well, welcome back to the Rudy Giuliani Show. Andrew Giuliani filling in for America's mayor today. And right now I've got his Gumbada Cheech right over here, Curtis Lewa, who Curtis Lewa is trending on Twitter, on Instagram. He's trending everywhere. He's the number one story on Fox. Curtis, what happened last night? Well, last night we were doing a live uh, hit with Sean Hannity, as we've done before, from the belly of the beast, Times Square. Well, first of all, it's the gateway to the world, the most heavily trafficked section in New York City. But of late, as you know, you have the migrants uh, who are housed in all of these uh, hotels, $400, $500 a night. They've been shoplifting. They attacked the cops uh, right outside of the New Amsterdam Theater between uh, 7th and 8th Avenue uh, on uh, the Deuce. And so we've been patrolling the area. So we were telling Sean what exactly has been going on. I was commenting on his request of a response to Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, giving out these uh, snap cards with $1,000 uh, on him. That, that, he, that, should, that should stop people from coming to New York, right? You get a free $1,000. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and, and that's more than you get if you're an American citizen and you're down on your luck. So we were talking about that, and then all of a sudden, there were like three guys who were rumbling in the crowd. They started coming towards us. They got past one of the uh, security guards that Fox has, and uh, they assaulted a female guardian angel. Uh, So that's when we sprung into action. Obviously, I kept talking. Uh, They took down this guy. Uh, The other two guys that were with him backed off. They were, you know, at first uh, trying to beef, but we set up a peripheral uh, area, prevented them from coming in. You know, there are hundreds, thousands of people there. Yeah. Nobody's screaming at us. Nobody's saying, oh, you're brutal, you're over the top, you're abusing his rights, which typically happens. Right. And then the cops came about seven minutes, five to seven minutes later. Wait a second. It took that long? It took that long. It was a long time. That's one of the highest police's areas, not just in the city, but in the world. No. Now, remember, uh, that's that's the migrant row now. Right. You understand? Nobody gets arrested there. Uh, and there's been uh, all kinds of pickpocketing going on. And by the way, if they do get arrested, even for assaulting a cop, they get released. Of course, it's Alvin Bragland. <laughs> so uh, they were invisible in that area. They, they might have been in another area, but they came quickly at about five, seven minutes later. Uh, they asked what had happened. Uh, the guys who were closest to it told them, hey, you know, he assaulted a guardian angel. Uh, they, were, they were rumbling with some of the other folks uh, who were watching uh, the live feed. Uh, And then the guardian angels took him down. Once we took him down, he had a backpack. Out of the backpack were clothing, uh, baby clothing that had tags on it, which means uh, that it was shoplifted or taken from somewhere. People were saying, yeah, yeah, they've been running up and down the street shoplifting. And so now you know most of the story right there. Curtis, can you stay over for a couple minutes for the next break? Okay, we're going to stay over. Curtis Lee, we're coming right back up. Giuliani Show. 
<laughs> well, welcome back to the Rudy Giuliani Show. Andrew Giuliani in for America's mayor today. And I'm sitting right next to uh, my partner every Sunday night, as a matter of fact, from 8 to 9 o'clock. The incredible, one of the best radio personalities in New York history, Curtis Sliwa. And Curtis, for those of you that have missed it, was actually, right now, is trending on X and all the social media stuff. Because last night, while he was on live with Hannity on Fox News, uh, actually, the Guardian Angels, one of the Guardian Angels, was attacked and assaulted. Uh, Curtis, what does this tell you again about the state of of crime here in New York? If while you're on television, somebody literally goes and charges and tries and assaults uh, another member of the Guardian Angel. Look, uh, that that's just an acceptance of what goes on nowadays because they know the police uh, police are handcuffed. They, they can't do anything. We saw how those two police officers got beaten up right outside the New Amsterdam Theater, which was right across the street from where we are. And uh, little, if anything, was done. Nobody jumped in. See, uh, people were talking about, well, you know, Alvin Bragg, we knew he was going to cut it loose. <laughs> we knew that. Yeah. What I couldn't figure out is now hundreds of people walking by the New Amsterdam Theater at 830 on a Saturday night. Yeah. Cops are getting attacked. Clearly by guys who are thugs. None of the men in the crowd jumped in at all. Not even to try to distract. It's, uh, that's a bad signal for our society. Now, I understand. They realize they're in Alvin Bragland where Jose Alba took action. And he ended up out on Rikers Island with a second-degree murder charge, a million dollars bail until finally released. And then he fled to the Dominican Republic <laughs> saying he was safer there, which he is, rather than in Harlem, Washington Heights, or Inwood. <laughs> and the the issue uh, most readily now uh, that we can uh, uh, talk about is Daniel Penny, the right. hero Marine. Uh, what a juxtaposition we're seeing in terms of how uh, illegal migrants who beat up cops are treated versa, versus a, a Marine who actually is stepping in with somebody who's had over 40 prior arrests, who's on, as you've highlighted, the 50 uh, most, is it the, what, the top 50 in terms of most dangerous on the subway system. Yeah, for, uh, the, for the past ten, uh, five years, they actually uh, go out. They don't remove the emotionally disturbed. They just rank them, huh? They rank them. But like they're a great quarterback Jordan, in the NFL Jordan Neely, like uh, this week, is considered number three most dangerous. Maybe another week he's taking his medication. He's ridiculous. They should be taking these people off and getting them the help that they need, but they don't. And then uh, Daniel Penny having no choice but to uh, put a chokehold on him. Yeah. And remember, two good Samaritans helped him as they were talking to him, as they were restraining him. And who wanted all of them charged on a murder charge? Al Slim, Shady Sharpton, yeah. and AOC, All Out Crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Because yeah. they hate the military. They hate the police. They hate anything that represents the United States of America. Yeah. Now, look, Curtis, um, you know, keep up the great work on all this. I know you and the Guardian Angels, you guys have been doing great work for now. You guys are coming to 45 years here next month. Is that 45 right? 45-year anniversary, wow. February 13, 1979, when I was a night manager of Mickey D's East Fordham Road Webster. If you go to that McDonald's there now, they just padlocked it. They closed it. Uh, Oak Brook, Illinois, Chicago, which is the national headquarters for McDonald's, said it's unmanageable. Too many crime problems. Uh, you had people shooting up drugs, selling drugs, emotionally disturbed, homeless people in the lobby. They closed it. When I was managing it, it was a law and order McDonald's. It had far more problems. Those were the days of gangs. Black uh, Spades, uh, Savage Skull, Savage Nomads. 
it'll be all out battles. But uh, imagine a fellow was so dangerous that they actually padlocked that McDonald's. They're probably listening people right now saying, oh, man, they closed that McDonald's. It was 10 times worse when you were managing it. <laughs> and, you know, to give you perspective about where New York City is right now, McDonald's that can make it through the 70s and 80s here in New York, it's now closing up because it's too dangerous. Curtis, one of the other things I've been doing is taking a look at Bidenomics because the left has recently been telling us in the media that the economy is great and, uh, you know, of course they're trying to spin that Biden's doing a good job. Just curious, how much was a cheeseburger there when you were managing? Managing the uh, or you know a, a meal when you were when you were managing, uh, it's about twenty eight cents, thirty five cents. Twenty eight cents. Well, no, that, figure a slice of cheese. Uh, put it about fifty cents. About fifty cents. The burger now, was about uh, thirty eight cents, twenty five cents. So now you couldn't get it for basically less than ten dollars. Now, right now look, if you do this, the it's double wild. mac, right there. We got a double mac, eighteen bucks. <laughs> I know it's wild. Now you get everything with it. Yeah, you but, know it's the meal, but it's eighteen dollars. Yeah, you think about how much that has gone up just in the last three years alone. Well, Curtis, keep up the great work really uh thank you for everything that you do for not just for wabc look you're the heart and soul of wabc but you really are one of the hearts and souls of new york city and this is a man who look i've been around a lot of politicians that spew empty words uh i can tell you curtis lewa loves new york city with every single fiber of his body i do appreciate that thank you thank you and high five to your dad who was our first supporter and once he supported the guardian angels I didn't get arrested after that unless it was an act of civil disobedience. Thank you, Rudy, wherever you are. I have a feeling in an Adams administration you might get be getting arrested again. In a Giuliani administration, I can tell you, you pretty much have a free pass. So thank you, Curtis. Uh, well, I mean, you know, it's, again, just another example of lawlessness here in the city of New York. Uh, unbelievable. I mean, think about the gall. You're on television, right? This is completely documented, and all of a sudden you're going to go up and attack a guardian angel. And by the way, Alvin Bragg, who we've been talking about for the last, it feels like two years, but really for the last couple of weeks with regards to these migrants who attack these cops who he released, which is unbelievable to me that he would actually release them in terms of in, instead of actually holding and verifying the, the, uh, the video. That video, by the way, you can verify in 45 minutes or so. Hold them for questioning, verify the video, and determine whether you not need to hold them or not. He's given the excuse that he didn't think we could hold them because we couldn't, you know, we, we were taking a look at the video still. Well, get the job done. Get out of bed. Get the job done. Take a look at the video. I don't care if it's 3 o'clock in the morning. That's your duty to New Yorkers. And by the way, for Kathy Hochul going out there and talking a little bit tough right now, completely empty words as well. Completely empty words because she could do two things. If she actually wants to back up what she's saying about deporting these migrants, two things that she could do right now. One, she can introduce legislation to make New York State not a sanctuary state anymore. Remember, a lot of this stuff was pushed originally by executive fiat by Andrew Cuomo. He did this in 2017 because it was the reaction to Trump, right? So they all said, well, you know, ICE is a bunch of thugs. And Cuomo then backed that up with executive action. Then they ended up pushing legislation when they had the supermajority in the state Senate in state assembly. I believe that was in 2019. I know it was in 2019 that they got the, the, uh, the supermajority, but I believe the legislation also passed in 2019, making New York state a sanctuary state and everything that comes along with it, where you couldn't actually share records with ice. Well, Kathy Oakle, if you want to show that actually what you're saying is not just empty words, 
introduce legislation right now. The governor can do that in the state of New York. She can introduce legislation to make sure that New York is not a sanctuary state anymore. That's one thing you could do. And you want to talk about a direct effect and a direct signal to not just criminals here in New York, but also to the mayor in terms of getting your head out of your butt. Remove Alvin Bragg from office. New York State Constitution, Article 2, Section 1. He has violated his oath of office. I believe he did it on the third day that he was sworn in when he wrote that memo to his ADAs, his assistant district attorneys, saying that he was going to select what laws that he was going to prosecute and not prosecute. Remove him from office. This is pretty obvious that he has that he has absolutely violated his oath of office per the New York State Constitution. Let's not talk empty words here, Kathy Hochul. Actually do it. Actually get the job done. I don't expect her to do it. I don't expect her to do it at all because I think she really is afraid of the left on this. She's afraid of her legislature. Why would you ultimately give 30% raises to a legislature before you actually got your Supreme Court justice pick through? Why would you do that? Right before you got your top judge through, which has affected everything, by the way, in terms of the courts here in New York. You do that if you were actually afraid of the legislature. And that's sadly what we have with Governor Hochul. Well, hey, look, I, I want to cover two polls here that I think were really important. We all saw this NBC News poll from Monday that had Trump up five on Biden, the biggest margin in an NBC News poll. But there's a TIPP poll, and these guys were the most accurate in the 2016 and even 2020 election, but it's especially 2016, when nobody, none of the polls saw Trump winning. They were one of the very few that actually saw him winning, I think predicted 49 of the 50 states. So this TIP poll has Trump up two points. But the interesting thing on this one that I looked at, it actually has Trump up six points if you include RFK Jr. and other third-party candidates. I think Manchin is included in there. RFK Jr. gets six points, Manchin gets three points, and the other ones get two or less than 1%. Um, But I thought that was very fascinating because we've all been trying to weigh, okay, if RFK Jr. is on the ballot, does that take away from Trump? Does it take away from Biden? And, you know, look, maybe on some of the vaccine stuff, it could take a little bit away from Trump. But I think if you look at everything else regarding RFK Jr., he's pretty left on a lot of this stuff. I mean, you got to think about just the development of the West Side in New York alone, one of the best things that was done. And he fought for years and years and years against the Giuliani administration to actually get one of the best parts of New York City developed because I think he was protecting fish that were spawning. You'll have to ask Rudy Giuliani when he gets back tomorrow exactly about that, but I think that's what it was. I think in the old dilapidated piers on the west side of New York City, of Manhattan, the fish were actually spawning on some of those piers, and he was more worried about the fish's quality of life Uh, quality of swim, I guess you would say, than those actually New Yorkers that lived on the West Side where they realized that they'd actually make their life so much better by having kids that could have that outdoor space. Um, And because of that, because you had people that actually fought for that, uh, you end up having now this incredible space on the West Side of New York. And it's something that my daughter gets to enjoy almost every single day. But the other poll, which I think is so important here, is this Gallup poll that just came out today 
And it's showing that Democrats are losing ground with black and Hispanic New Yorkers, uh, not New Yorkers, Americans. Uh, And to me, this is a little bit more of we're going to get polls every single day now because it sells articles, right? I mean, it sells newspapers. Uh, It's something that people are interested in. Every single day, I'm interested. Okay, what is Trump looking like now? What's so? This is going to be clickbait for somebody like myself, and certainly for for most of us, we're going to want to talk about it incessantly between now and November fifth. But this is a little bit more of a generational shift that this Gallup poll, I think, has caught, and it showed that since 2020, the Democratic Party's lead with Black Americans has shrunk nearly 20 points at the at that time in 2020 only 11 percent of black americans identified as republican and 77 percent identified as democrats those numbers right now are 19 percent republican so an eight percent increase and 66 percent democrat so while you had a gap of 66 percent so negative 66 percent for Republicans in 2020, that number is negative 47% right now. And that 19-point difference is a massive, massive difference when you think about some of these cities that are going to ultimately determine the 2020 election. Let Let me just, before we get into the cities again, let me just also say those numbers are very similar when you look at Hispanic Americans as well, where was an over 20-point advantage that Democrats had over Republicans with Hispanic adults, 21, 22 points here. Now it's down to a 12-point advantage. Uh, And so when you think about Phoenix, Tucson, Las Vegas, Reno, uh, Milwaukee, Detroit, Philadelphia, Atlanta— You have in those cities, and by the way, those are cities in swing states, you have a very, very strong African-American and Hispanic-American population in that. So you can see the direct effect that this actually has. I mean, in order for Biden to win, he needs to get 80% of black Americans in these areas. If he doesn't, then the math just doesn't add up. He's got to get 60% of Hispanic Americans in this areas. If he doesn't, then the math just doesn't add up. So a lot of times this turns into a math equation in terms of whether or not you can get enough of a constituency in here. On top of this, we're going to go to break here in a little bit, uh, but on top of this, you also have young adult support at the lowest for Democrats since 2005. It Right now, according to this Gallup poll, It's a single-digit advantage only that Democrats have over 18 to 29-year-olds. And from 30 to 49-year-olds, Republicans actually have a slight advantage right now, which is absolutely incredible. Okay, well, when we get back, we're going to have the Tunnel to Towers mayor's final thoughts. I'm going to share a little bit about Molly Weinstein and my friend Toby Keith, who have since passed on two great friends. Uh, Come on back for the mayor's final thoughts. Andrew Giuliani in for America's Mayor. The Rudy Giuliani Show. And now, it's time for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, Mayor's Final Thoughts. And now it's time for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, Mayor's 
final thoughts. Uh, you know, two great Americans that have since passed on. First off, a, a good friend of mine, his mother has passed away, Molly Weinstein. And this is somebody who was an avid American, somebody who loved our country. Uh, somebody who actually traveled five of the seven continents, was a L'Oreal model in her 20s. And uh, she passed away just a few days ago at 95 years young. That's Molly Weinstein. She was a massive Trump fan, somebody who loved Rudy Giuliani, and uh, she really believed in our Constitution. A retired teacher, one of uh, a, a great American. We need more people like this who care about the future of our country, who care about our Constitution, uh, and who believe in freedom. And so, uh, Molly, God bless you. God bless your soul. I know the family laid her to rest today, and, and we're thinking about you, and, and we're thinking about the Weinstein family. And the great Toby Keith, you know. Toby, I, uh, I got to know Toby in the White House at first. I, I'd met him a couple of times, different things, and I had the opportunity to actually call him when the president was going to award him the National Medal of the Arts. And I didn't tell him. I just said, uh, the president wants to talk to you. But I think he knew it was coming. And so he called me back afterwards. And uh, I, I just asked him how that was. And he said it was one of the most amazing calls I've ever had. Uh, and when he received the medal, one of the really coolest things that I remember in the White House was walking up the steps and seeing Toby Keith. And the president's military band was out there playing this song for him, as a matter of fact. American soldier and Toby Keith is actually taking a video of it you could tell in awe to be in the White House to see the president's military actually playing this for him and then I got to see him at a bunch of other things the last time I've spoken to him a few times since this but the last time I saw him he was in Orange County a few years ago I was on the campaign trail um, and he had me come into his trailer for about a half hour before the show and about an hour after the show. We were drinking out of Toby Keith Red Solo Cups. They were Toby Keith monogrammed Red Solo Cups. One of his songs was Red Solo Cup. Uh, and we were just talking about the state of the country. A man who was so concerned with his country. He did more USO tours, I think, than anybody. I think that might include Bob Hope. I'm not even sure about that. But certainly anybody in modern history. He was there all the time, and he realized that he had an incredible talent. And he wasn't necessarily a hero. He knew he wasn't a hero, but he knew that his influence could actually help those real heroes, those ones that go out there every single day and potentially make the ultimate sacrifice for our country that actually end up serving our country, serving our Constitution. And so Toby Keith was one of the great Americans that I had the opportunity to know and somebody who I was a fan, but uh, I became uh, a friend of. And, and uh, God rest your soul, Toby Keith. God rest your soul, Molly Weinstein. And uh, you know we need more Americans like both of you. Well, hey, look, in the one minute we have remaining here, I want to just kind of point one thing out over here that I've been seeing, which is actually U.S. venture capitalists 
have invested billions in Chinese technologies. A hundred of the top 46 venture capital investors in the United States of America, many of them American citizens, are investing instead of in U.S. Ventures, ventures, Chinese ventures here. This is why you need somebody like Trump in there, because he understands that, hey, look, we want trade to be free and fair, but we want to incentivize investing in American products and decentivized and decentivized this. So, hey, look, tomorrow, Rudy Giuliani will be back. And I want you to know all it takes is $11 a month. Donate $11 a month to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation at T2T.org. Thank you very much, my friends. Rudy Giuliani back tomorrow. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.